podcast with two friends who love to talk and line together. I'm Lacey. And I'm Annie. And this is an education podcast with the tagline, Education Conversations About Equity, Transformation, and Belonging. All right, Annie, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now? Yeah, so I, one of my friends that I was with um, last weekend, so we went to Montgomery, Alabama for one of my favorite conferences. It's called NAME, the National Association of Multicultural Education. And I happened to be in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, and we ended up going to the Legacy Museum, which is essentially the Civil Rights Museum in Montgomery. Fantastic, hands down. I thought it was way better than Memphis. Um, but one of the things that as we were going through, so the Legacy Museum is basically from slavery to, and kind of the, the trajectory of how we are um, continuing slavery, but through the um, justice system, through prison. And so it kind of is like that slavery to prison pipeline building in some education. So while we were there, my friend told me about this podcast that I've started to listen to, but I've listened to it in very small segments because I find it very hard to listen to. Um, but it's called The Kids of Rutherford County. And I'll give you just kind of the synopsis of what it is. It's a serial podcast. So, um, oh, I thought I had the um, the whole thing about it. But essentially, it's about oh, I was going to try to find it's about these kids who um, get sent to, to prison, essentially, um, and how it's I'm only in the first season um, and how they are accused of something that they essentially didn't do, but how they kind of get put into the prison system. Um, I haven't made it very far yet. Again, I'm listening to it in little snippets because Every time that something happens, like um, the principal trying to stand up for these girls who are being berated and arrested by police officers, I just get this like emotional feeling. And I'm like, OK, I got to stop. Like, I'm going to pick it up again, but I got to give myself a break. So super good podcast. It may take a long time to listen to it, um, but I'm excited to kind of get into it and, and share with you all what I'm learning as as I make it through as, as Lacey and I are recording these over the next couple months. Lacey, what are you reading, watching, or listening to right now? So for one of my jobs that I do, I am uh, working with some coaches that are trying to, um, they're trying to coach and they have to provide feedback to their coaches really regarding computer science and equity. And so I've really been like reading articles on like what good feedback looks like um, and like how do... How do you make sure that you are providing feedback to someone based off of their goals, based off of like their the, their focus population, based off of students' needs? And so I've been like just kind of researching and seeing what's out there uh, in education broadly, but also just kind of in computer science. Um, so I've been kind of doing some reading for work, which is, you know, hey. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think, I wonder if you have checked out Jim Knight's work. So when I was doing a whole bunch of stuff as a professor in, um, down in Southern Illinois, where we met, Jim Knight was a big person um, around feedback and different types of feedback that um, I, I used a lot for research. So yeah, um, that that's interesting to just kind of see how research is happening in education. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to introduce the article, um, and, and, and just to let everyone know, Andy found this article, not Lacey, um, but it, it is talking about things that hit close to home for me. Um, so the article is called Churches Step In 
after Florida restricts how Black history can be taught. So this is an article we found on NPR. Uh, it was published October 28th, 2023. It was written by Danielle Pryor. And so what it really is, is an article just saying, hey, some churches have like said, we're not going to wait for the schools or for the governor to tell us or to make sure our children, um, our, our black children especially are getting black history. We're going to teach it at the church. Um, and so there is a group of churches that have come together and they are holding like sessions and have toolkits, which have like series of um, just important information. So from the article, it says, this toolkit is not a curriculum, but a guide with recommended books, documentaries to watch and articles to read. It covers the history of transatlantic slave trade through the civil rights movement up to the killing of George Floyd end quote and so um it's just saying that churches are you know saying we're going to be we're going to teach black history this is kind of what we're doing here some suggestions um and other churches are getting or are starting to do it as well so andy what are your thoughts yeah and i the reason i picked this is because as i was scrolling through my social media i i saw this um, headline, and I don't even know where I saw the headline initially. And then I started searching for it when we were when I was thinking of pulling a news article, and I found it on the NPR. But you might find it other places. I think it's really interesting. I love that churches are doing it, um, and I think that churches are are doing it because they're in this interesting space with the separation of church and state. So public schools are saying are being told you can't teach this type of curriculum. Basically, you can't teach the true history of what happened. And so churches, specifically black churches, um, are saying, OK, but the government can't tell us what we can and can't teach because we are a religious organization and we have, you know, um, we're protected by freedom of speech and by other type of um, kind of sanctions that are put on religious organizations. So um, I think that this is awesome, makes my mind think a lot about like how the word was passed, right? So thinking about historically how black churches were really the center of family, the center of movements, the center of civil rights and kind of that moving forward and how it's almost as if um, that's, that is, that black churches are being forced into that position again um, because of laws, because of um, people saying you can't teach this in school. So yeah, I just think it's a, a really interesting concept. And again, I love that it's happening. Um, I wonder I wonder what will happen because of it. Um, so like the repercussions of it. Hopefully there's none, but there might be. So for me, um, I, I, my teenage years, I was in a Black Baptist church. My adult years, up until recently, I was in a Black Baptist church. And so for years like we black history lessons that just happens like um through sunday school lessons black history comes up through the curriculum that you know the church chooses through like my pastors preaching the examples that they're giving the history lessons like you in the black church in my experience i was getting black history like all the time but then during black history month it was like even like more black joy. I remember I was the youth director and my youth had to pick like different black uh, 
black history figures and they had to research them. They had to write uh, like a little monologue. They had to study it. We did like a photo shoot. They had to dress like them. And we did like a potluck. Um, we did like all these different types of activities because like for us, like that's just something that we we just taught our children black history. Um, but as I have moved to a cross-cultural church, um, it's, it's different. And so like, that's something my husband and I, we have this conversation, but because I value black history and my husband values and he knows so much black history, like our children get black history comments and conversations just in like in the passing. Like we're watching the Thanksgiving parade and it is a HBCU that is opening up the first, like the, the first group is HBCU. And so we're talking to our children about it. Um, but, and so I'm like, yay, church is like, we've been doing this. Like, but now we're like, okay, here's some suggestions like for all of us to use. Uh, and that's great. But then I, sometimes I wonder about the people who like the black children or the children who do not go to like a black church right like like where are they getting this where are they getting this like what do they see themselves what do they learn their history um because like even being at cross-cultural church my husband and i like our kids gonna be good because they have us as a parent but like if we're not intentional at our church what do those children because we have a lot of um you know interracial families and like adopt adopted children like what do they get that and so it's just such an interesting conversation but I'm like church is like and plus you know a part of me just the, the black church is just part of my heart like we've been doing this like we've been seeing what people tell us we can't do it's like okay well we, this is what we are gonna do we're gonna teach the next generation we're gonna make sure that they're ready um we're gonna sing our hymns and they're gonna know how they're gonna know how we got over Right. Yeah, yeah, I just thought this was a really cool article. And um, I know even in my town, the NAACP is hosting like a series of of like Black history lessons where people can come together and we can talk and they can learn about Black history. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Which kind of leads us into our topic for tonight. Do you want to introduce our topic? Yes. So we are talking tonight just about history lessons. So um, by the time you hear this, the if you celebrate Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving holiday will be over. And Annie and I are just having kind of that conversation about history lessons. Um, just like just the history of things in the curriculum, history of like things that we say, um, of phrases that we use, just understanding that there is such a a that's background information, right? And a lot of things that are presented, uh, like even thinking about the pilgrims and, you know, how they have the pilgrims and the Indians and students dress up and, you know, I'm thinking about like back in school, you, they would take like the paper bag grocery Yeah, I was just there. thinking about the vests. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we would make the vests and we would decorate it. And that was like a whole lesson. And then we'll have the Thanksgiving dinner uh, and like the Indians, We'll sit on one side and pilgrims to sit. Like if we truly are like thinking about that, like whose 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 perspective of history are are we teaching our students? 
right? And and are we presenting multiple perspectives? Or are we just saying, hey, this is what you are supposed to believe. Don't ask me questions like this is right. Are we painting the European American as like the the hero? I think it's interesting that you said believe, right? Because it's here's what we're supposed to believe, but what is actually the truth, right? And so the truth is around Thanksgiving. So um, I'll, I'll post a video in our show notes, but essentially when we think about the feasts that um, historically have we have celebrated in, in classrooms and around and around the United States, the feasts of you know the pilgrims and the Native Americans coming together and enjoying this huge feast you truly look at the history of the feasts, it was actually feasts that the white Europeans had after they completely disseminated, killed, raped, did all of those things to um, a Native American tribe. So an indigenous tribe essentially was erased and then the Europeans would celebrate with a feast. So it wasn't that they were coming together and finding this like moment of solidarity. It was um, for a lot of tribes, it was a, it's a time of mourning. It's a time of losing. It's a time of remembering their history and remembering um, what they had and what was lost. And so while Lacey and I were talking about this, it's not that you're going to teach early childhood children about, you know, Native, um, pilgrims, white Europeans coming over and killing Native Americans, but we also shouldn't put them in the hero mentality, right? The true history is that they came and stole things from people. They came and took things that were not theirs, right? And so kind of bringing in the lessons of, um, you know, like those types of lessons of like, they they took things that weren't theirs. We are here because of that, but we have to understand that we're here because things were taken from people. Um, and you can have conversations about, was that right? Was that, you know, like those types of things. Um, it wasn't a time of sharing. It wasn't a time of, you know, like those aren't, um, while we want to hope, we, we many people in America want to believe that. Um, the truth is that that wasn't the history of what what we see as Thanksgiving. So one of the things I do, and people often ask me like, oh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm like, ah, I don't really celebrate. Um, like during the pipeline, um, when they were trying to put a pipeline through indigenous land, like we donated to the protesters and, you know, sometimes we'll eat like Mexican food, sometimes we'll eat Chinese food, those types of things. But what I've kind of come to realize this year is that it, it, it can be a time to, to recognize what we'll, what we are grateful for. Now, should we do it more than just November? Yes, right? But it's like, I'm grateful for certain things, um, just like indigenous people are, are grateful um, for their ancestors, the struggles they went through, um, and so just being grateful. So I think that that's where my kind of mindset was going when I was talking about history and kind of brought Lacey along through this, through this time of kind of, um, understanding like how we can bring this into early childhood classrooms mm -hmm. and as i'm thinking about uh i had a teacher when i was in high school and every friday he would tell us stand up for what you believe in even if you're standing alone um every friday he would say this to us and, and you know we'd be like okay like, just get me out of class whatever um but thinking about as a teacher if you truly are trying to like do this equity work and like be uh present truth to your students 
if the big school Thanksgiving Day activity, like if if parents, family members, admin, if they're so if they're used to it, like, oh, this is the day that these students dress up like this and we do a big parade and like if you are that teacher, you're saying, well, I don't want to do this. I don't believe this. Like, you're going to get some pushback. And, like, you know, as Eddie and I, even the book, we talk about, like, different types of curriculum. Like, we understand that everybody is not going to to want to make that change. Like, I, like, even with all the knowledge that is out there, like, I see people who post things about, like, Thanksgiving and how that it is like what it's not about it's not about turkey it's not about you know uh the Europeans and the pilgrims and oh they were here but then I also see especially some teachers with their little headband with the feathers on like understanding that some yeah. people like we are like living in two different worlds mm -hmm. because it is sometimes it's really hard to push against a system that has continued from year to year and this is a big school event it is hard to say i'm going to use my voice i'm going to stand up for what i believe in even when my admin are against it i know it's wrong like that is truly a challenge it is and it's being um and i think that when both you and i taught in like pre-service teachers that was one of the things we said like we're going to teach you social justice but you also have to make the decision for yourself if you have the enough clout I don't know what else to say to stand up in those first few years before you you know like you are who you are and, and you're you know like you are seen as someone with a, a valued voice and tenured and those types of things so there is a hard place to go but I think that also just asking that question right saying like we don't have to change it this year but I want us to think about like what are we telling our students it's actually happening, right? And just starting that conversation. I've done that around the concept of Christmas and a lot of settings I'm in um, for my job. And just saying, like, I know that we're not gonna change it this year, but if we're gonna have Santa, why does he have to be white? If we have a Christmas tree, like what is that telling everyone who may not celebrate Christmas? Mm -hmm. Right. And it has really made people think like, huh, I don't know why we don't have a black Santa. I never even thought of that. Right. Like. And so thinking of the history, like Coca-Cola designed the white Santa. Right? Like there's no, you know. Um, and so just kind of thinking about the history of things. And if you don't feel like you have the voice to change it, you can stand up by just asking questions. I feel mm -hmm. like. Mm hmm. Yeah. And also going back to, I think, something we talked about previously, understanding your professional beliefs and your personal beliefs don't yes. have to line up. Like, there are some things that I have done, I have been asked to do that I was like, this is, you know, I think there's a better way to do this. But like, understanding like this is, this is, I want, I want my contract to be renewed, right? This is how I pay my bills. Um, So I'm going, you know, I'm going to do this because it's not like purposely harming anyone but there's a better way so like let's 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 plan to discuss that in the future but yes and keep um, that discussion going like not yeah. only with you know like with you don't let it just be like oh you know at the november 1st i'm gonna bring it up again next year but like actually like 
follow up with people and say like, hey, I really wanted to have this discussion. Like, can we talk about, you know, like what this means and those types of things um, and what we're actually teaching our kids? And is it really reality? So when they get to high school and they say, wait a minute, my kindergarten teacher never told me that. Right. Because like, you know, like why did my kindergarten or first grade teacher never tell me what it was actually like? Now I'm that? learning about it in high school. What? <laughs> what is that book? Uh, was it Lies? My Lies teacher my teacher told me. told me. Yeah. Yes. Like very much so. Like you, 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 you keep living, and you realize that you, I'm that your teachers were using a curriculum that did not <laughs> always tell the truth. Yes. Yes. Um, so with this, Lacey and I do hope you keep the conversation going, but with that, um, Lacey and I are going to actually be in the same place, um, from the time that we're recording in a couple days. Um, and we're going to be presenting at, um, a national conference. We're going to be having two presentations, showing off our book, all of that great stuff. Um, we're going to ask the people at our sessions to share, um, questions anonymously that they have always wanted answered in the field of diversity, equity, inclusion, access, and belonging. And we're going to kind of use those as a jumping off point as we dive into our second year of podcasts. So we are also, Lacey didn't even know that that was coming. <laughs> um, so we are all also asking you all who listen to our podcast, there will be a link in our show notes. So if you have any questions um, that you've always wanted to ask, and have never felt comfortable, this is the place to do it. Lacey and I will address as many as we can. Um, this is similar to like when Lacey and I reflected on someone saying to us at a conference, what are these pronoun things? I don't have pronouns, right? Um, that was a place of learning. That was a question that she had always wanted to ask and had never found the place to do it. So this is the time for you as listeners and when we share with um, our presentations at um, the conference that we're going to, that we're hoping to get some questions in um, so that we can answer those throughout the time as we dive into our second year. Lacey, I, any, yep, go for it. I think that that's, that's so great that we're creating a space for people to ask questions because I have been on the, the, the receiving end of people asking me questions, like, just like catching me off guard, like, oh, and I remember once I did a training and someone was like, well, what kind of microaggressions do your children, like, have your children experienced? And it was just like, I didn't expect, I didn't expect this question. Um, but I, like, I love that we're creating a space for people to ask questions um, because it's good for all of us to learn. And for, like, for me, I also would much rather you ask any another question so we can talk about it, discuss it, provide you with research. Then you... Ask the questions if somebody has a historically marginalized identity and possibly like re-trigger them. Um, so bring your questions. There's no such thing as a dumb question, as a wrong question. Ask us your question. Um, so we can we can talk about it, we can grow together. Because that will keep our conversation going.